I will be publishing the first two books of my new fantasy trilogy in the autumn. I decided though to copy Charles Dickens and release the first book episodically, in advance of commercial publication. The episodes will be released on a roughly weekly basis with further chapters being available Saturdays. Chapter 1, An Unexpected Parting The sandstone blocks and clay tiles seemed to blaze in the bright evening sunlight. The low angle of the sun causing pools of deep shadow around chimneys. The hunting cat flattened himself against the roof, his ginger coat glowing in the evening light as he started winding himself up for his pounce. His target, a fat pigeon, failed to notice the danger as it was distracted by something in the street below. He purred happily to himself since his master had demanded fresh pigeon blood for his spell and he knew he would be well rewarded for such a plump bird. A few more seconds and he would leap, his practice jaws killing the bird without spilling a drop of its blood. Then his whiskers twitched as he felt a power starting to gather in the air around him, an oppressiveness such as that which precedes thunder on a summer's day. Someone was raising a spell, not that unusual in the sage's quarter of the city, however this one was bigger than most and was being summoned by several minor talents that seemed to be augmented in some unnatural way as there was a faint taste of brass in the air that suggested a magical device was powering up. He felt a drowsiness steal over him, although the bird seemed unaffected. Sensing sudden danger, he crept to the roof's edge and peered into the street. To anyone casually glancing out of the building everything would have appeared normal, however, from his angle he could see a cart parked just out of sight of the windows. A cart which carried a man-sized cage, constructed from a black metal that appeared to be both solid and nebulous at the same time. Placed by the cage was a smaller basket made from the same material. A familiar's cage. Just beyond the cart a group of robed men were quietly chanting, while moving their arms in ritual gestures. Quickly he ran to the roof's corner and looked down. A group of soldiers and one of the robed men were stationed in the side road. As he watched the mage used his staff to define a circle around a small group of the men, the tip of the staff leaving a glowing purple trace behind it. The practitioner stepped inside before closing the circle. Kafkin recognized the spell, a reasonably powerful levitation spell. The cat, withdrew carefully, a sudden fear bringing him fully awake. These were mage-takers, and the smaller cage was intended for him. They had come for Lantrony, his master, and the cat knew that they would try to take him too, and if he was caught, he would die, if only to cripple his master's power. He had minutes, maybe only seconds, to act. The cat walked over to the edge of the light well that served as one of the building's many internal courtyards and launched himself downwards, jumping carefully from one windowsill to the next. Usually, he could have cast a minor spell and glided down to his master's rooms, but any magic he cast might attract the attention of the mages who were carefully surrounding the building. He jumped through the open window and walked carefully into his master's workroom. Lantrony was seated in his large battered old black oak chair. The silver tacks, that the magician had hammered into it many years ago to anchor his defensive spells, still gleamed in the low lamplight. The magician was concentrating on a flickering candle flame and Kathkin could see men sitting around a table in what the cat thought was a tent. He was obviously scrying through a fire, a commission that the familiar knew had come from the very king whose mages were now surrounding the old man's home. This type of magic took a lot of concentration and left the practitioner exhausted, and Kathkin realized, left his master vulnerable to arrest on whatever trumped-up charge the king intended to use. Jumping onto Lantrony's lap, Kathkin reared up placing his paws on the mage's shoulders, blocking his view and breaking the spell. The old man looked at his cat and from habit stared into his one friend's eyes as the cat allowed his master to look through his recent memories. You could have run, Kathkin, and perhaps you might have been able to get away to save your body at least. Lantrony, stroked him under the chin. You chose however to warn me and maybe your loyalty will save us both, although I see a hard road lying before us. 
yet my dreams tell me we shall meet again at the Solarian Stone sometime from now, and that we shall meet as equals not master and familiar. Knowing that we would be separated, and our links sundered I have prepared for this day. The wizard mumbled a small incantation and smiled. They fear me, in my wrath, and intend to subject everything in this building to a magical sleep, it will take time for them to raise this enchantment, and they are confident that mere physical guards will stop me from escaping. In that I fear they are correct. However, they may take me, but I can and will deny them the bulk of my power. You, my friend will hide my magic, until the day I can reclaim it. I have feared this day would come, ever since King Aslian told the people that magic belonged to them all not just the selfish scholars, who use their demonically gifted powers for their own selfish enrichment. Kathkin glanced round the room, it was cramped and homely at best. He knew that his master had studied and worked hard for many decades to achieve the level of mastery he had. Yet he had to barter simple spells for food in the market, since it was illegal for any practitioner who wasn't a court magician to directly charge for their services. In fact they often relied on the small animals and birds that Kathkin caught to supplement their diet. The only real benefits they enjoyed were a vastly longer life and the protection of a big city. Lanterny walked over to his large fireplace and pulled one of the stones out revealing a shallow hiding place. Reaching in he pulled out a small bag, which had a spell of concealment embroidered into its leather. Reaching down he hung this round Kathkin's neck. When you leave me here take this to the Solarian stones and bury it where you ate the wild strawberry. The old man placed a little chair to one side of the deep fireplace and then carefully placed a small stuffed monkey in it. The Capuchin, at least that was what the cat thought it was, was dressed in a version of Lantrony's robe. The mage often placed it in that chair while he had visitors, there were two enchantments on it that caused it to make occasional small movements or indistinct speech-like sounds. A black glass bottle was then placed into its lap. The wizard walked to his storage chest and selected several bottles and small boxes, which he placed on his work table. He added a silver goblet and saucer, finally he sat at the table and carefully drew a small athom from its sheath round his neck. Join me here my friend, as we have much to do. He waited until Kathkin sprang onto the table by his side, as you know, the way our partnership works is that you act as a conduit for the magical power that surrounds us all. You have always been told that magical practitioners cannot gather this energy efficiently to power their own spells, and indeed I was taught that fact during my own apprenticeship. The truth is that using a familiar to gather magical energy saves a wizard time as we no longer have to meditate for hours to get the power we need to cast more complex spells. A side benefit is that enough magic leaks from our link to allow a familiar to cast some minor spells of their own. Before an apprentice becomes a fully-fledged mage and finds their own familiar, they learn to store energy in pure crystals. I always believed that the amount that could be stored was limited. However, I have experimented and discovered that I could gather my own spell energy using a crystalline pendant, the wizard smiled and stroked his cat's head in a slow loving caress. You carry the results of my research round your neck and once I activate it, I will soon be back to my full strength. I'm not sure I understand, master, the cat meowed the question, anxiety making his words harder to understand. You know that if our link breaks the backlash will deprive me of most of my power and kill you outright. That means that you are my strength and greatest vulnerability at the same time. The man paused until the cat meowed and nodded, what I have tried to keep from you, wrongly perhaps, is that King Eslian has been arresting independent mages on trumped-up charges for the last few years. I have debated leaving, but my research depends on the royal archives and I thought that my willingness to take commissions would be enough to buy me the few months I needed. However, I learned something that worried me enough to prepare for this day. The old man's voice trailed away and the cat meowed to get his attention again. As soon as the wizard's eyes focused the familiar asked, what did you learn? 
I believe that the arrested mages were being used to cast spells that would break our guild rules, the cat meowed in shock as he realized the implications of that statement. Once more the wizard caressed him before continuing, indeed, I thought that they were being coerced into casting mind control or torture spells with the lives of their familiars and access to their own powers being at hazard if they refused. That isn't the case, master? The cat felt his claws extend as he hissed the question, years of close cooperation allowing him to easily sense his human's emotions. I was in the archives when I heard two of the court apprentices talking. Apparently, the king has been seduced by another country, I believe that it is an island nation, who use magical devices, that can be used by anyone, rather than spells and have recently got a taste for conquest, perhaps our ruler believes that an alliance with a potential aggressor would keep his country safe. However, as I understand it their magical machines need to be charged before they can work. Apparently captured mages and familiars are shipped overseas, you reported seeing those odd black ships in the outer harbor? The cat nodded at the digression as he remembered the ships and the fact that they appeared not to exist when he turned his magical senses on them. From what I heard, these people have a device that slowly shatters the familiar's link, killing it and often the mage as well. This releases a burst of magic which they somehow capture to power their items. The younger of these two apprentices was interested in this device and the older one shared what he knew, perhaps he was only trying to scare the other lad, but he said it was located in a fortress on an uninhabited island in their main harbor. The locals call it the Screaming Tower. I will not permit you to suffer this way. The cat tapped the atham with his paw. I understand, my friend, you have decided to sever the link yourself. You have decided to kill me with love rather than with cruelty or leave me living as a normal cat with the memory of what I once was. Thank you, I accept this fate and your last gift. I appreciate your understanding, Kathkin, the old man laughed despite the gravity of the moment. However, if I kill you how will you bury my pendant and hopefully ensure our futures? The wizard laughed, slightly hysterically, but still with some genuine humor. I am going to sever our link, but hopefully, in a such way that we will both survive. If all goes well, I'll constrict the conduit for a while until you become used to your new power as a magical practitioner. I will be diminished, hopefully, so much that I will no longer be of any interest to the king's mage takers although my dreams have shown me that I will be imprisoned for some long and dark years. The old man gestured to the pouch that depended from the cat's neck. Treat that carefully and bury it as deeply as you can manage, no less than one tail length underground. With that much soil over it, and in such a magical place no casual search will detect its presence. Every day a bit more energy will be absorbed by the pendant and the spells I have laid on it will work to gradually build and strengthen a conduit, slowly increasing the amount of magic I will one day be able to draw through it. I cannot stress how important this artifact is to my future well-being. I will not lay a geesh or other magical compulsion, upon you as you are my friend and not a slave. But I beg in the name of our friendship not to fail in this trust. I do not understand this master, but I swear that I will not fail you. Everything will be done as you ask. This is my vow, freely given. I will also think about you on night of the first full moon of every season so that you can find me when you become free again. The old man blinked and brushed what might have been a tear from his eye. The kitten he had adopted, with he admitted to himself, hopes of selfishly increasing his power irrespective of how being a familiar would irrevocable change the animal, had become a friend. A person so dear to him that he was willing to sacrifice his own power to save them from a hideous ending. Now come here my friend. Lentrini, managed to say after several moments, and I will start the ritual that will sever our link. For a few days you might find yourself suffering some side effects, so it might be wise for you to find somewhere to hide until your mind clears. Don't tell me where you will go as I don't want to know lest my thoughts betray us both. 
With any luck though when the link breaks the backlash will render me comatose for several days. The wizard reached into the pocket of his robe and bought out a small wooden box, which he opened to reveal two crudely carved but recognizable wooden figurines of a mage and his cat. Kneeing he placed them on a small stool by the hearth so that the carved cat's eyes were more or less so the same level as Kathkin's would be, if he had been sitting in the same place. One of the model cat's paws were reaching towards the mage whose hand was similarly extended. Lantrony reached once more into the box and carefully lifted out a short silvery length, that the cat realized was one of his discarded whiskers with one of the mage's long hairs coiled round it. That represents our link just as the figurines are us. With the proper ritual when I cut the hairs, the channel should break. The mage carefully placed the hair so they balanced between the two figures and then raising a candle tipped it twice to secure them in place. Touch the cat gently, Lantern said softly placing his figure on the wooden mage's back, and then started chanting softly. Kathkin started purring in tune and watched as gradually the figurine's features became sharper and the plane wood took on a semblance of color. Enough, the old man said, finally. Their spell is almost done, and I fear you have barely enough time to get into hiding but first we must refresh ourselves. With the ease of long practice, the wizard mixed some of the liquids from the bottles into the silver goblet, adding several pinches of various powders, chanting quietly under his breath. He then poured a measure of the mixture from the goblet into the saucer and companionably they drank. Lantrini, reached down and pulled his cat up into his arms, uncharacteristically hugging his friend. That should last you several days, so you won't have to break hiding to eat or drink. Similarly, if I am knocked into a coma or suffer privation I won't starve to death or suffer crippling thirst. He kissed Kathkin's forehead and the cat sensed a small transfer of power as the old man blessed him. Then crouching slightly, the man lifted the cat into the chimney. Climb quickly and then hide until they go. Until we meet again, my friend, farewell. Kathkin chirruped his love and regret before climbing the flue, long experience finding the deeper cracks between the bricks. After a few minutes he emerged from the chimney onto the top of the stack. From his position, ten feet above the roof, he could look down on the mage-taker and soldiers who were gathered round a trapdoor that led down into the building. The sun had dipped below the horizon and the roof was lit only by the faintly glowing clouds and by lanterns that were held by two of the soldiers. He knew that his beautiful ginger fur was covered with soot, making him look like a rather dark tabby so he jumped down onto the roof and keeping to the deepest shadows by the parapet wall walked confidently along the edge of the roof until he put the next chimney stack between the soldiers and himself. Hopping up onto the parapet he looked over the edge and saw the leader of the mage-takers approach the entrance to the building. As the mage raised his staff and gestured at the doors Kathkin stepped off the wall and jumped down onto the window ledge ten feet below. A concussive blast below indicated that the mage had blown the doors open, this was apparently a signal because he heard a shout from the roof and a thud as the trapdoor was thrown open. The cat knew that the apartment on the other side of the window had been abandoned after its ceiling collapsed when the then-tenant had a fatal magical accident. An occurrence that was not unknown in the sage's quarter. The same accident had blown out one of the windows, so Kathkin jumped into the room and walked over to a comfortable bed he had made in the past, since every cat needs to have a secret hideaway. His whiskers twitched as he sensed his master gathering magic to power a spell, through long habit, he allowed his mind's eye to open and then seemed to be looking over Lantrony's shoulder. He could see a perfect illusion of himself sleeping by the hearth, his illusory body hiding the two figurines. He was puzzled for a moment before it occurred to him that the old wizard had taken precautions in case the mage-takers were scrying on their intended target. His master looked sideways for a second as her herd men in heavy boots run up to the door. There were a couple of heavy thuds as one of the soldiers thumped on the door. Open up, Magister Lantrony, 
you are under arrest for crimes magical against the king's peace. It isn't locked, enter if you choose, his master's voice was calm but a strange humor bubbled in his voice. You can take me, but you will not torture my familiar. The door opened, and the leading soldier burst into the room. Bring the cage, the soldier shouted back into the hall. Your spell worked, it is sitting by the hearth. Fare you well, old friend, the wizard whispered and then released a ball of fire at the apparently sleeping Kath. As the magic hit the figurines, Kathkin felt the link break. Then the bottle in the monkey's lap exploded. For a moment he was on his bed in the abandoned room, confused and scared. In the distance he heard an explosion and the sound of rubble falling before darkness took him. 